All right. So the issue from our thinking point is still uh, one of the main issues that you are reflecting on and that uh, you're speaking about this morning. I suppose no surprises. And the thinking point was talking about uh, the wealth of pastors in particular and looking at some of the moral and, and ethical questions that arise from that. Well, we're going to change gear now and take a look at the updated tax rules uh, in particular for traveling and meals in the country. Terry Atkinson is the deputy chair of SACA's National Tax Committee and head of employees tax and benefits at First Rand. Uh, Taryn, good morning to you. Morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Firstly, let's just begin perhaps with the rules and how they have changed. What do we need to know? Sure. So when an employee travels for work purpose, SARS has implemented a practical approach to this. So often the employer will cover certain expenses, but will often advance an amount of money to an employee to cover additional expenses. So to make this practical and easy for employer and employee, SARS comes up with these deemed rates every year and they increase them every year um, where they say we think this is a reasonable amount that you could spend um, while you're on a trip Um, and for that reason this is the value that we warrant to treat as taxable Mm. because obviously an employer could give you 10,000 rand to go for two days to Cape Town and that would be unreasonable for, for the types of expenses you may be expected to incur. So, so they put yeah. these, these thresholds in place. So, so how much tax then can people expect uh, to, to, to be charged? Because I'm just looking at the initial figures um, here. This is that any amount above 139 rand will be taxed. And 139 rand, if you're working out of town, it it doesn't get you breakfast and lunch. Forget supper, you know? Yes. Mm. So there's two categories of of subsistence. One is where you're just meant to cover incidental. So it's a couple of telephone calls, maybe laundry if you need to. Um, but that 139 rand that you're referring to mm-hmm. is purely for that. That's not meant to cover meals. There is another threshold, which is currently at 452 rand per day, which is to enable if you need to cover meals and incidental. So they give you two categories. So if your employer books you into accommodation that gives you all your meals, they will likely only give you and an allowance or an award for um, for incidentals, anything else that you might need to spend on, mm-hmm. like um, uh, taxi to the to the meeting venue potentially from your hotel. Um, so it's to cover those types of things. So you get the two options: one which covers meals and incidentals, which is currently four hundred and fifty-two rand a day. And then the other one, which is 139 rand per day, which is incidental. It's just those small little things. It looks to me, um, you know, that this is going to require quite a lot of admin uh, to administer. So, so yes. So, so currently, it, it's there to try and make it a little easier. But the new change that they've made is to allow it for just a day trip. 
Um, so previously, you can only get the subsistence if you were staying overnight somewhere. Mm. Um, so you had to be away from your place of residence, your home, for one night to be able to qualify for subsistence. But one of the new changes they've brought in now is to allow you to claim um, if your if your company policy allows it, it's not a it's not a guarantee, um, to claim for a daily trip. Mm. So if I was sent to Cape Town for a day, um, I still need to get a taxi to the meeting venue. I still potentially need to sort out lunch. I may be stuck at the airport until ten o'clock for my flight to get back. Um, and so now they're allowing you to give employees a an allowance for that day. Mm. Um, and that's going to take a bit of admin, I think. And I think that's going to depend a lot on how companies are going to structure their policies um, to say, what are we going to cover if we're going to allow this daily allowance? Does your trip need to be more than 50 kilometers from the office? Must it be a flight? Mm. Or is it literally, I can go from the Santon branch of our office to the Pretoria branch and now and now I get a daily subsistence. So I think I think there's there's some clarity needed around that, either from a business policy point of view or some direction from SARS themselves. And and, around and when yeah. you qualify for this. And and what you're raising, uh Taryn, around the, the daily allowance has been a big issue for, for employees, especially where they, they have to work on some days out of town but are not sleeping over. But more often than not, it means that you're, you're having to be in that area. Sometimes it's out of your province um, very early in the morning and having to come back very late at night. And oftentimes companies just don't want to be um, held liable for whether it's your cost of travel during that day mm. or even your food for that day. You're almost just expected um, to cover it out of pocket because the organization treats it like an ordinary work day. Correct. And you would be expected to cover your own lunch. And yes, your own yes, yes, yes. So, so just because I've told you to go somewhere else, like you still have to provide your own lunch. Mm. But yeah, so I think this is the, the underlying reason why SARS has brought this into effect. Um, the problem is that it's not, it's not mandatory. So it still will rely on the employer to put this into their policy to allow for it. Mm. So, mm. so employers... So say you've got somebody who's in a um, in a regional position, they need to travel to the different areas that they're responsible for on a daily basis. It's those kind of things. It's it's the people that are sent on, on a training course maybe to mm. out of the province. Um, and, and it's those situations where some employers would allow you to claim back. So you, you spend your money, you come back, you claim a reimbursement. Mm. Some employers would allow that. Um, but like you said, in many cases, they're expecting the employee to bear this cost on their own. Mm. Um, and so this is why this new provision is in place to say, listen, employers, you can give your employees this advance amount um, and allow them to, to use that to spend on business related things like what they need to while they're on this mm. day trip. Mm. Um, and as a result, we're not going to treat it as taxable. And from the employer's side, it will be deductible because it's, it's, it's a staff cost. Mm. So 
the problem is how many employers are going to implement it. And, 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 you know, you're bringing me to, to my next question to you because if it's not mandatory, many employers have been okay with the idea of telling people it's not our problem, just mm. go do your work and come back. I mean, do you, do, do you f- foresee companies changing their minds about that, about that uh, simply because of this legislation? So I think you will see some, mm-hmm. but you'll probably see the ones that were already kind of flexible in that space. Do you know what I mean? You'd mm-hmm. see the ones that mm-hmm. would allow you to claim back. Now they might move to the, the advanced the advanced payment, so you don't have to pay out your pocket and then wait to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's going to be broadly implemented, we haven't really seen that yet. I think we'll probably see, because it's come into effect now from March, We'll probably get a good idea if people are using it later on in the year. Um, yeah, yeah. Also because not many people are traveling at the moment mm. with COVID and mm. travel restrictions and those sorts of things. Okay. Um, so it might be hard to tell now if people are implementing it. Um, but you can only hope that people are taking a, a bit more of a um, kind, if I can use that word, approach mm. to this. Um and, and allowing it for their for their employees. Okay, Taryn, let me take uh, one vo- WhatsApp voice note that's come in, in particular as a question for you on the subject. Hi, is Katie. I'd like to remain anonymous. May you please ask your guest, uh, what about the truck drivers? Because they're always on the road. And then what benefit or what can they cry for when it comes to your topic? Thank you so much for your show. Ah, Taryn, for for that industry, it's, <laughs> I imagine oh. it's it's not going to be an easy one. No, no, it's not. So that industry is is a is a very interesting one because I think, to be honest, I don't know what kind of policies the mm. travel the transport industry has in place, and I think it probably depend on company to company around what their policies are on reimbursing or covering expenses that the individual needs to incur while they're traveling. So I'm presuming petrol and all of that, they're going to have a card, they're going to have accounts with the petrol with the petrol stations. Um, but the buying the food, um, if they need to pay, mm. I don't know, any sort of other expense, like what if they have to replace something on the truck that they didn't have, they didn't account for. So it's how how those companies have put policies in place around how they manage that. Um, so I would, I would anticipate that there's either, the companies are either going to say there's something in their salary or in their, that, that is meant to factor into that. Mm. Because if they're constantly on the road, they can't constantly be getting a subsistence, subsistence allowance. So they will probably say, it's factored into their salary that they're on the road all the time um, because subsistence is meant to be for like a trip here or there. Yeah. It's not really set up for the constant kind of traveling that a truck driver or the truck drive, the truck industry um, experience. Um, so it's, it's a difficult one for them. I, I'm mm. inclined to think from a technical perspective they may not qualify for subsistence, mm. but they should be. There should be other avenues that they are getting properly rewarded 
and covered for those additional expenses. Uh, Taryn, do you see this providing an opportunity? And uh, earlier you, you were speaking about companies that are most likely to implement this being those that have been flexible on the issue from, from the get-go. Uh, and so are employees, do you think that this, this law gives employees the opportunity to start that conversation or to build on that conversation internally within their organizations, especially for those that have uh, been a bit hard towards it? Absolutely. So so now that there is there is a tax-free amount that people are, would be able to get, it definitely creates the opportunity for those discussions to start happening. Mm. And if it's an industry, okay, so like I said, trucking might be a little tricky, um, if it's an industry where people are on the move and um, they are traveling to different jurisdictions and different provinces possibly, then you'd need to have start having those conversations with their, with their HR teams. Um, if it's, for example, I would imagine if you're in a unionized um, environment, it's likely something that they could raise with their union represent- mm. representative and start having those discussions. Uh, I think that would probably be the the, the route that that um, would be advised. Okay, uh, I've got uh, just a, another question for you on uh, the WhatsApp line. Hi, Kathy. I also would like to remain anonymous. Listen, I, I've been traveling since uh, well since the year started. <laughs> That's my job, literally. But what I want to find out is that what happened, in fact, in the company is that we, they've cut off uh, your dinner meal we, we certainly get dinner meal but of late we haven't got it and i haven't asked why and when this lady exactly explaining i think there's something i need to find out from the company what exactly happened here mm. taryn do you have specific advice for that listener yes so so if you're if you initially were getting funds to cover your meals and they've stopped i would definitely raise that if there's been a policy change they should have been the staff should have been alerted um, and made aware of it. Um, but otherwise, maybe they've moved to a reimbursable option, so you pay for it and claim it back. Um, but you definitely need to find out what's happened in mm. that situation. Um, because if you were getting it and they've stopped, then then you'd need to find out what's caused that decision and what steps you can take to try and question it and start a discussion around it. One one would think that there was a, a responsibility on the employer to actually tell people if they're making such a change. Correct. Correct. They would definitely, and that would be a labor issue, not even a tax-related mm-hmm. issue. From a mm-hmm. labor issue, I would imagine there'd be an expectation for that. Uh, okay, okay. All right, thanks for that, Taryn. Let me take uh, just one more question for you. Good morning. I'm just wondering, um, would on your your topic re, uh, reimbursement of travelling, um, would one be able to claim directly from SARS instead of going through the company that you work for, if the company is not willing to to embrace this this policy? Thank you, Taryn. Yes. Well, so no. So actually, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> so the only way you're only, only able to claim subsistence is you'd need the coding on your IRP5. So when you get your IRP5 at the end of the tax year that you would use for your tax um, for your tax return, mm. you'd need to have a subsistence coding on there to claim it back purely on assessment when there's no nothing on your IRP5. 
is not an option available to a salaried employee. So salaried employees are very limited in the types of deductions and claims they can make on assessment. You're fairly limited to your medical expenses, your pensions, those kind of things. Mm. The other types of expenses that you can claim are now, obviously in the media, there's a lot about the home office deduction because people are working from home. So there's limited things that you can claim as a salaried employee. And claiming subsistence or claiming the expenses that you've incurred for business purposes is not one of the things that you can unless you have the subsistence allowance in your in your RP five. So, so, so um, you you say that when you're a salaried employee, you know you'd be limited in terms of uh, claiming. Who then can claim? So, if you were a commission earner, for example, okay. and you were running your own sort of mini business in inverted commas, mm. there's a lot more expenses that you're able to claim than a full time salaried employee mm. because you're viewed as running your own mini business. Mm. So, if you were on a business trip and you took a client out for dinner, for example, you'd be able to claim that expense. Whereas if I took a client out, I can't claim that in my personal tax return. Mm. I would have to claim that from my employer because it's their expense, essentially. If they don't reimburse me, me, there's nothing I can do on my tax return to try and claim that from a tax perspective. All right. Okay. Thanks for that, Hey, Taryn. Um, Let me see. We've got a caller on the line, Anonymous. You're on the road. Uh, Travelling for work, Anonymous? (laughs) Yes, yes. Good afternoon, Miss Kazi. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. I'm fine. It really uh, touches me so much when uh, it comes to to allowances. Uh, I hear the ladies saying... uh, that, that allowance is not compulsory. It, it's not correct. In the labor uh, law, there is a clause which talks about driver subsistence allowances and meal allowances, which is compulsory. Mm. Are you getting? Are you with me? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm listening yeah, to you, anonymous. Yes, it, it is actually compulsory. Three. Uh, 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 meal intervals per day, three meal intervals per day, and one night uh, subsistence mm. allowance per night. For as long as you are not sleeping in your hometown or in your uh, residence town, you 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 are allowed to be given that yes, compulsory. Uh, anonymous, we we're talking about the daily allowance as well. So this is when you're not sleeping over in a different town, but you are working from from a different area. So you're you're not in your office, um, but you you're probably maybe driving about 150 kilometers to wherever, and you're working out of town for that day. Should kick in automatically once it goes beyond a, a daily uh, working hour shift routinely. It's an eight-day, it's an eight-hour shift or a nine-hour shift. Once it goes beyond that, mm-hmm. and it, it, it keeps you away from your home or your town, then obviously uh, that uh, allowance 
Yeah, look, unfortunately, that's not what is happening out there, Anonymous. Uh, Taryn, maybe you just want to quickly respond before I go to the headlines. Sure. Um, So all I want you to say is you might find from a labor law perspective, there are obligations put on employers in certain sectors, like maybe this is a sectorial determination that that Anonymous is referencing to for the trucking and transport industry. What I'm saying, though, is from a tax perspective, it's not compulsory for them to provide this, but your your labor area might have its own requirements for that. Okay, Taryn, I'm going to ask you just to stay on the line. I've got uh, a couple of calls coming in for you. It's 11.30. Luanda Maume standing by with your latest news headlines. On SAFM. All right, so we continue our conversation with Taryn Atkinson. Uh, she's the Deputy Chair of SICA's National uh, Tax Committee and the Head of Employees Tax and Benefits at First Rand. Taryn, I've got a couple of questions uh, coming in for you. Uh, one of our listeners is asking, can you uh, ask your guest to clarify whether this tax break is considered the whether this is a tax break considering the threshold tax-free amount and how that is uh, calculated? Tara? Um, so, so, yes, this would essentially be income that the individual is going to receive, So, but it won't be taxable from a payroll perspective. So so if you now are going on, let's, let's not talk about the daily one, let's talk about you going away for a week. Mm. And you get the the 452 rand per day because you need to cover your own meals. Um, so you get the 450 rand, you get an advance payment on that from your employer. It's going to reflect on your IRP5. It's going to reflect on your payroll, on your mm-hmm. payslip, mm-hmm. but it's not a taxable amount. However, if your employer paid you 500 rand a day instead of the 452 then the portion above that will be taxable. Okay. So 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 anything under that, under that four fifty two would be non taxable. So it will still reflect on payroll, it will still reflect on your IRP five, but it's not going to be a taxable amount. I've got a question from somebody else here, Anonymous, um, and they're asking, is working from home tax deductible? I think you mentioned something on that a little earlier. Uh, yes, so so this is a tricky one. Um, SARS came out towards the end of last year and said that COVID circumstances might allow normal salaried employees to be able to claim certain expenses based on the fact that they've been working at home and weren't able to go to the office. Mm-hmm. So this is not a new provision. Um, it's been there for a while, but it's mostly used by commission earners who work from home or small independent um, sole proprietors, consultants that work from home, for example, they run their own businesses and they run it in their personal capacity. So they can claim certain expenses for working from home. So I then came out and said, um, because the requirement is you need to spend more than 50% of of the tax year working from home, lockdown may trigger that for a number of salaried employees that have been working at home. But there are quite strict requirements about whether you can claim it or not. Um, and it's unlikely to be available to a significant portion of our population. 
The problem is that you need to have a designated office space, um, and it needs to be used exclusively for work pur- purposes. Now, there are very few of us that would have an entirely separate space designated as an office with a desk and a chair and monitors, computers, or whatever you need, whatever your tools are mm. for work purposes that nobody else in your property uses uses for anything else. So if you had a partner at home with you and both of you were working, um, the, the, the exclusivity requirement is, is going to be problematic if you're both working in the same space. Mm. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, technical issues with being able to claim under the home office it's also limited. Commission earners can claim more things, like I said earlier, mm. more things related to it because they, it looks like they're running their own business from home, whereas a salaried employee gets their salary and business expenses are expected to be covered by the employer. Mm. Mm. So, so from a salaried employee perspective, you can only claim things like interest on your bond proportional to the space and the property that you use for the office. So you can't claim the whole interest. It needs to be whatever's related to the portion of the space that's your office. And you can claim utilities, which for the moment seems to be um, only your municipal-based charges. Mm -hmm. So things like water, light, electricity, your rates, those kind of things you you can claim, again, a proportion. Um, things like repairs and maintenance, not alterations. So if you, thanks to load shedding, mm. installed inverters or solar panels or those kind of things, that's not repairs and maintenance. Those are additions and alterations, enhancements to your house. Um, so there's a lot of so, 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 so you're saying, Taryn, you wouldn't be able to claim for that? No. But you're getting it because you need to keep working. Correct. But the view is that that's, a, that that's an enhancement to your house. Okay. And you will get the benefit of that when you mm. sell your house. Okay. Um, so they look at that as a, they look at it as a capital expense okay. because it's increasing the value of your asset. Okay. All right. Um, so, so, yeah. So, no, it's a very complicated topic. You might need a whole session. I, 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 was, I, I, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Uh, we've run out of time. Let me quickly take Tabiso uh, in the free state. He's been holding for a bit. Uh, Tabiso, good morning. Jesse. Yes, sir. Thank you very much once again for one of wonderful shows. Thank you so much. Uh, my question to, to the lady is. So I want to check with her. Different companies are, diff- are paying different uh, traveling allowance. Mm. If now, she, uh, I, I missed the part where, where she started, but she mentioned something like 352. I want to establish if this is legislated that this is the amount that is supposed to be paid by the company or the decision is still lying with the company to say they must be within this range. And then the second question is, if this is new legislative, when is it going to be uh, effected? Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Tabisho. Taryn? Thank you. Sure. So the, 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 the numbers that I've mentioned, so it's the 452 which is if you can need to cover meals and incidentals, mm-hmm. and the 139 if you only need to cover incidentals. 
those numbers are, are maximum amounts that would be non-taxable from a, from a SARS perspective. So your company could opt to pay less than that. It would still be non-taxable. But if they paid more than that, then there would be a taxable portion on that. Um, so, so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a threshold. Mm, um, it's mm. not mandatory. Your company policies will determine what is payable. Yeah. And then all this threshold amounts do is say at what point will that amount become taxable or remain non-taxable. Taryn, let me thank you so much for coming onto the show today. And um, I, I remember you said earlier that it was coming; it, it came into effect in March, eh? Correct. The daily subsistence. Yes. So the, the one for the daily trips came yes. into effect in March. Okay. All right. Great. Taryn Atkinson, there, the deputy chair of SICA's National Tax Committee and the head of Employees Tax and Benefits at First Rand. I think after that, it's clear that we need a, an hour-long conversation on what is tax deductible and what is not. <laughs> I know often people rely on uh, good accountants. We're not saying we want to beat the system at all, but I think it will be uh, great perhaps just to enlighten ourselves uh, a bit more. A lot of the questions that um, I'm seeing right now are actually heading in that direction and a bit broader around tax than uh, just limited to what we were discussing in terms of um, the daily amounts that uh, people are entitled to uh, the subsistence as as Taryn described it uh, versus the overnight amounts okay uh, let's take a quick break and I'm back with our final chat uh, for the day